This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today, we're going to focus on strep throat. Nurse practitioner Lindsay Elias sees patients at MidMichigan Urgent Care in Freeland. Health Dose asks Lindsay, what is strep throat? Well, it's a pretty common upper respiratory tract infection caused by a bacteria, the actual streptococcal bacteria. And it's an affliction humans get because it likes to set into the respiratory tract and give us these upper respiratory symptoms. But it, in whole, like the basic way to explain it is it's a bacterial infection of the respiratory tract. And it can sort of manifest in multiple types of symptoms. The classic, of course, is the very sore throat. Some individuals might say it feels like it's swallowing glass, you know, type of symptom, but can vary. Some people have congestion. Sometimes it presents with a fever. Some nausea is often associated. It's sort of a spectrum of symptoms, but some are more mild and some can be more significant. But the easiest way to explain it is it's a bacterial infection that makes us sick and feels rotten. But not all sore throats are caused by strep throat. Correct. Yeah. So there's multiple causes of sore throat. Definitely could be a virus. Viruses is the other main culprit that makes us sick with upper respiratory tract symptoms. It can also be caused from allergies. You can have a sore throat from like a post-nasal drip, sometimes environmental allergens, you know, things outdoor, pollen, things also like dryness in your home. You can have a sore throat from lack of humidity, mouth breathing, those types of things. And again, viruses, some things like mono, for example, is another viral infection that'll cause a sore throat. These are things that we would distinguish during a, a visit. Uh, if you were to present to a provider or like in my case, an urgent care, and you had a symptom of sore throat, we would start a sort of workup to determine what the cause is. Again, the two more common are going to be the bacterial with strep or the virus. And virus is an umbrella term and there's multiple viruses, including the common cold that can cause that. So we sort of distinguish that during the visit with the um, history of the present illness and the physical exam. And then we do have some diagnostics we can run to determine the cause and therefore direct the treatment. You talked about diagnosis. What kind of tests do you run to make sure somebody has strep throat or to rule it out? Right. So we have the ability to run what we call a rapid strep test in our office. It involves a cotton swab that is uh, swabbed actually in the patient's throat. And then it's run with a solution. It basically gives us a positive or negative result here in the office. It takes about five to 10 minutes, or we can submit a culture to the lab. The laboratory test is definitive. However, the disadvantage to that is it does take about 48 hours. When you're seeing a patient in office, the rapid tends to be the more favored test because you do get the immediate result. But if there's question at all, we do submit a culture, especially if someone has like reoccurring infections, it's helpful. So the advantage of the laboratory test is it's more accurate? Yeah, because it is microscopic. It's, it's considered the gold standard as far as diagnostics go, but the in-office test has been shown to be quite sensitive and specific. So it is a good, reliable tool, but there is some subjectivity to it in that the obtaining swab can sometimes be difficult depending on the patient and their symptoms. So if the clinician feels the patient has strep, they may treat even if the test is ambiguous. So in other words, what you're saying is whether you had the lab test or the fast result test, you're probably going to treat the patient the same way. The patient is a different, but yes, the clinician gets to make the ultimate decision if the patient meets the criteria. There is criteria for giving antibiotics in the presence of pharyngitis, which is another term for sore throat. That's called Centra criteria. That's evidence-based research where the clinician gets to use data collected from the patient's history and make the determination whether they warrant treatment on antibiotics or not. But yes, the tool of the rapid test is very helpful and, and we utilize it regularly. How contagious is strep throat? 
quite contagious. Again, humans live in groups, and so we spread germs pretty easily, but it is spread most readily by oral secretion. So talking, sharing spoons and straws and things with your siblings is a good way to pass it along. Also, just touching your face and then touching other objects is contagious in that way, as with most germs, as with the common cold. And of course, we're on high alert with COVID as of 2020. So we're all a little more aware of germ spreading. But yeah, it's spread mostly from oral secretions. So that's again why we tell patients, you know, to cough into your elbow, frequent hand washing. Right now, of course, many of us are continually masking up. So that is theoretically supposed to help reduce the spread of all germs in general. Now, you mentioned viruses earlier, but strep throat is not a virus. Nope. There's two main things that make us sick when we talk about colds and coughs and and seasonal things, you know, seasonal flu. There's two main things that make humans sick, and that's bacteria and virus. Bacteria are going to be the strep. Strep falls under the bacteria category. Viruses are the other, and those are, again, things like the common cold, a lot of congestions, seasonal flu, the true influenza. That is a viral illness as well that we see a lot in the winter months. That is one we get a vaccine for. The seasonal flu, again, is a virus, so it's more supportive therapies if we determine someone is ill with a virus. But the beautiful thing about bacterial infections is we have antibiotics where we don't have them for viruses. Correct. Yeah, so that is an advantage. Um, If you have a bacterial infection, we typically have an antibiotic that we have readily available to prescribe to treat those types of things, including strep. So the more common antibiotics that we use to treat strep are going to be things in the penicillin family, like amoxicillin. Sometimes we use cephalosporins like a Keflex. Those are readily available, easy to prescribe, well-tolerated, and often do the trick. So if we do determine someone has a strep infection, they are quite easy to treat. Now, if somebody has a viral infection, the bad news is, unfortunately, it has to run its course and you don't get that quick fix like you might with an antibiotic. But antibiotics, of course, as most people know, do not treat viral infections. So if you have a virus, it's supportive measures. And when I say supportive, it's things like fluids, you know, staying well hydrated, rest. There are some over-the-counter medications that can help target the most bothersome symptoms. For a sore throat, I often recommend honey, a spoonful of honey in warm water is really effective for sore throat. So things like that, supportive measures, home remedies, and over-the-counter medications if it is a viral infection. The same with influenza or any common cold. What's recovery time like for strep throat? Once you're diagnosed and placed on the antibiotic, most people see a significant reduction in symptoms in about 24 to 48 hours. Typically, we prescribe antibiotics for a duration of 10 days, depending on the antibiotic, but most often it's 10 days. So within the first few days of initiating antibiotic therapy, most people do see a significant reduction in symptoms and they do feel quite a bit better. And that's, again, a a teaching point for patients where we do recommend, obviously, please finish the whole entire course of antibiotics. It is tempting to stop them when you start feeling better, but unfortunately, on the cellular level, it is very important to finish the entire course of antibiotics. How common is strep throat, and is it more common in children or adults, or is it about the same? It is more common in children, and theoretically, that's likely because they have a more immature immune system. Also, kids often are not the best at hand washing, so we think that probably contributes. Also, schools, it does go quickly through groups, you know, when kids are in school and in households as well. So, Kids do seem to get strep more often. However, anyone can get it at any time. So we do see a fair amount of teachers or moms when their kids are infected that also come in and have a positive strep because they've spread it 
by being in groups. So yeah, kids get it more often, but it can happen to anyone. Adults can get it as well. Will strep resolve itself over time? Is it something that I can just get over on my own? And how do I know when I need to see a professional? So theoretically, yes. Most healthy, non-immunocompromised people can clear a strep infection on their own. However, we typically treat with antibiotics because we do know there are known long-term health concerns that arise with an untreated strep infection. For example, prior to the discovery of penicillin, you would hear a lot about a rheumatic fever or rheumatic heart that is essentially an untreated strep infection. So if you will, it's a long-term health issue related to something that we now can prevent happening because we now have the discovery of antibiotics, penicillin specifically. And that was discovered back in 1928. So since then, we have seen a dramatic reduction in cardiac causes of untreated infection. It can also have effects to the kidneys, the renal system, if left untreated. So in modern medicine, we do treat all strep infections for the most part. But so on a theoretic level, yes, you could potentially clear it without antibiotics, but we don't like to take those risks. So we do, they're readily available, well-tolerated and inexpensive for the most part. So antibiotic therapy is the gold standard for strep infections. As far as when to seek treatment, anytime you have any concern at urgent care, we welcome you to come and get evaluated by a medical professional. Symptoms that become bothersome are difficulty breathing and those sorts of things, not typically associated with strep, but those would be something you would definitely be seen for. Any upper respiratory tract infection symptom that you are concerned about, we are happy to evaluate. So a lot of parents are alerted by fever. So if your child has a fever, that's often a common presentation for a number of causes, but we will evaluate that and take a look. So I would advise anytime you're concerned, we are concerned too, and we'd like to see you to evaluate that. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not just that strep makes us ill and not feel well, but you're concerned about your patient's health long-term, where it could have some cardiovascular implications down the road. Correct. Yeah. So that's why we do test for strep. That's why if we have any concern or suspicion for strep infection, we do test and we do treat because we don't want to set the patient up for potential long-term effects. Again, we don't see them as often as we did prior to the discovery of penicillin, but it still is a risk out there. So it's definitely why we do test and why we do treat. Is there anything else I can do to help prevent strep? Yeah. So studies show again and again, the best way to reduce the spread of germs is hand washing. That's that 20 seconds where you're scrubbing vigorously with soap and drying your hands. Hand washing by far is the best. Again, coughing into your elbow. If you do have a cough, good overall health is helpful as well. So sleeping well, you know, exercising, <laughs> keeping yourself overall healthy does help prevent getting sick with these common respiratory infections like strep or the common cold. So overall health and wellness is a benefit if the patient does practice those types of things, but immune health is big, but hand washing is probably the best. I usually tell patients, if you've touched a doorknob, a shopping cart and a gas pump, you've pretty much been exposed to just about all of the germs that exist. So hand washing is huge. Besides antibiotics, is there anything else I can do to treat myself when it comes to strep throat? After I've gotten my prescription, what else do I need to be doing? Staying really well hydrated, that does help. The immune system relies on uh, adequate hydration to help fight any infection. Supportive measures over the counter. I had mentioned earlier, honey, uh, I like that because it's all natural, well tolerated. Most people like the taste of honey, so it's a good remedy. There are some over the counter medications that do help with sore throat. Some lozenges are available as well as some sprays. They sort of have a somewhat numbing effect to sort of reduce the sore throat. 
and ibuprofen, you know, if, if that's over-the-counter type medications such as that, that may be beneficial to sort of help treat the pain. I often prescribe popsicles. <laughs> the cold fluids tend to be soothing as well. And of course, every child wants a popsicle, so... <laughs> As with any walk-in clinic, the thing that concerns most people is the wait time and the convenience of being able to be seen. What's your best advice if somebody comes to see you about making that as quick and painless as possible? Yeah, so here at MidMichigan Health, you can get onto the internet and go right to our webpage where it lists all of our locations, so addresses, and you can find one that's closest to you. And we also post up-to-date wait times. So if you are in the area and you check our website and you'll see our short wait times, you can come right on in. It can help you plan your day and get your visit taken care of with the information right from our website. That is nurse practitioner Lindsay Elias from MidMichigan Urgent Care in Freeland. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org doctors. And to find MidMichigan Urgent Care locations, as well as wait times, go to midmichigan.org and scroll down to find each location and the approximate wait time, so you know when you can be seen. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.